Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. Well, hi everybody. Hello from Missouri and South Carolina, where it is hotter than Satan's butthole in both places. Both places. For sure. Like you cannot go outside right now. It is awful. But I just said to Dina, um, welcome to South Carolina, because honestly, that is the way it is from about mid-June through October here. Horrible. It has been... It has been super warm the last few days, for sure. But we're glad you're here. We're sitting in the air conditioning. Yes. And we appreciate that right now, for sure. Mm -hmm. So Dawn's got the the big story today, obviously, since I am the one saying hello. I'm (laughs) hosting. Um, I've I've got you the drink. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping, and then we'll get into all of that, which is, of course... Our tech disclaimer, which is, I'm going to say, thank you, Whisper Internet, because until 45 minutes ago, I didn't have internet, and I thought I was going to have to go to mom's and sit at her hot house because her air conditioner is out. So she is sitting in the middle of, I guess, Satan's colon. But she she likes it. She told me on the phone the other day, I'd rather be hot than cold, and I'm like, you can put on clothes when you're cold. I don't understand. Yeah. I hate the heat. I hate Except it. I agree with her. I would much rather be hot than cold because you're when both I get cold, crazy. I can never warm up. Oh my I God, you're both be, crazy. It might change later. As anyway, you age. Uh. anyway, thank you. Thank you, Whisper Internet, for not making having me have to go sit in mom's hot house because I, you know, I would rather be hot, but if I don't have to be, why do that? Right. So once again, we've got two different internets, two different states. We have dogs and cats. My dog is laying down behind me. We'll see if he makes any noise. You know what? I don't have a cat. You don't have have a cat. That's right. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Yes. I miss him. Oh, I bet you do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, subscribe to us. All the platforms, we were on all the platforms. So please subscribe and give us the stars because that bumps us up when uh, somebody searches for us and then more people get to listen to our wonderful voices. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, there was Sam. Did you hear that? He I did. It sounded like a lady coughing. <laughs> that was right on cue. Good job, buddy. <laughs> So we release on the 1st and 15th of each month. And I'm going to let Dawn actually talk about um, the Patreon here in a minute because she's got some stuff to say. But I will say that we have a website um, and it is ozarkshaintsandhooch.weebly.com. You also can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm going to let her go ahead and talk about Patreon. So, yeah, so I've got it. I told Dina, I said, this is going to be a long one, but let me tell you what happened to me. Um, And, and then I'll get into the Patreon. So I have, I'm a healthy person. Um, Luckily, I have never been to an emergency room. I've only been in a hospital twice, once as a kid and once to have a baby. I mean, like, 
so anyway, um, a week and a half ago, I suddenly had this pain. I thought I was having a heart attack. I didn't know what it was. And I thought, so you know how I'm looking up on my phone. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's not appendicitis because it's on the other side. And then I was like, maybe, you know, they're like, if you have a pain in your abdomen, maybe it's gas. So, I, And they said, walk around. So I went outside and my neighbor was in her yard and I got over there and I was like, oh, bad idea because <laughs> it was bad. And so I, the neighbor, I said, hey, what are you doing? And I couldn't breathe. And she was like, nothing. And I go, could you take me to the emergency room? And she's like, uh, <laughs> she told me later, she's like, she's walking around, she's talking. I thought she'd lost her mind. And so one of my other neighbors is a emergency room nurse who works at night. And so the neighbor across the street went and woke her up because I just went in and laid on the couch. I mean, I could not breathe. It was it. So to make a long story short, I ended up in the emergency room. And because I've never been in one of those as a patient, like, you know, on TV, you, um, you, you see people walking in an emergency room and they have like this dramatic episode <laughs> where they faint or whatever. And so I walk up to the receptionist and I go, uh, I need help. And she could have given a shit. I mean, she they, goes, yeah, yeah, they don't get, I mean, I know they've seen everything, but she goes name. And I'm like, I might pass out. And she just looked at me like, <laughs> so I told her my name. She goes, mm -hmm, you're in the system. And I go, um, cause my doctor is with that group. And I go, um, what if I throw up? And she just kind of throws her thumb over her shoulder to point to the restroom. I mean, could not care less. Oh. And so she goes, go sit down over there and somebody will be with you in a minute. It's packed. So, okay, here's what I had. I had a kidney stone. I've never had one. I've never had a kidney infection. I've never had a UTI. It is weird. I don't drink a lot of sodas. I don't drink tea. I drink a lot of water because I live in hell. And um, anyway, uh, so when you hear people say um, it's worse than having a baby, I mean, that's a cliche. It is freaking worse than having a baby because you know how when you have labor pains, you know, you're like the pain guy builds up and then it peaks and then it drops back down, you know, uh -huh. so this is like it builds up really quickly and then it stayed there for four and a half hours like i was moaning kind of not loud because i was trying to <laughs> maintain some decorum but now I, I feel like if this ever happens again i'm gonna moan like the actor i am because maybe that well, will make yeah if they don't think you're hurting I mean, if you're not showing that you're hurting, there are other people there. And I let me say, shout out to Cox Emergency Room in Branson, Missouri, because I have been in the emergency room a lot, a lot for myself and a lot for my children. Yeah. But the last time I went in when I my gallbladder, when I got my gallbladder, they I didn't sit in a waiting room and it was in the middle of COVID. I will say it was COVID summer, you know, 2020 when I went in. In fact, it was like last week, 2020. I was that popped up on my Facebook memories. Like I want to yeah. remember that. But anyway, 
um, they got me. Like I walked in and said, I, I think it's my gallbladder. I, it, it's killing me. Um, and they just walked me to a room. Like I didn't oh my god, They just walked no. me to a room and went lay down. I'm not even, they didn't even COVID test me. They no. just sent me to a room and hooked me. And she came in and said, when was the last time you had anything to eat or drink? And I went, oh, I haven't eaten. No, no, no. And really water comes back up right now. So they pretty much almost immediately hooked me up to drugs. And that was the best I'd felt in like three days. And then, um, you know, two hours later, they prepped me and I had emergency gallbladder surgery. Oh, so, so get this. Shout out, My Cox. Pa- Good job. Yay, Cox, because McLeod doesn't give a shit about you. So uh, I, I mean, they do take you back and they ask your address and insurance. And I go, I am in a lot of pain. I mean, I couldn't breathe. I was walking. And Uh so she goes, you know, she goes, we'll get to you as soon as we can. I mean, there's tons of people in the emergency room. And so then when I get back uh, to triage, the lady is taking my blood pressure and stuff. And I go, I am in a lot of pain. And she goes, I'm so sorry, you know, and here's the thing. I'll get on a soapbox for just a moment. You know, this is all because we don't have universal health care. And so there are people that use the emergency room like a doctor's office. Uh And so those people clog up the system. And then people that are really having an emergency are just shit out of luck. So, and I saw people like walking around on their phones, eating chips with, with a blood pressure cup on or cuff, I mean, and I literally four and a half hours of, of straight pain. And then all of a sudden I gasped and my friend, Ann was with me and she goes, what's wrong? And I go, I can breathe. And she goes, what? And I was like, I'm going to try and sit up. So and I go, I'm going to try and walk. The pain was just gone. I didn't see a doctor for 30 more minutes. So he was very nice. But by the time I got back in there, it was totally over. I mean, they think, well, they did a CT scan and it was through all the whatever, where it hurts really bad. So then I had called my doctor prior to going and the receptionist said, I send your message to the nurse. Cause I'm like, I'm in a lot of pain. So here's how my doctor found out I'd been in the emergency room. Did her staff tell her? No, she found out because I posted about it on Facebook and we're friends on oh Facebook. My gosh. And so Let she called go. me immediately the next morning and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you're well, late, lady. Yeah, I am so sorry for telling this story, but um, I I got, if you're a Patreon patron of ours, you get really cool presents like early episodes. And because all that happened, I was really late getting out um, the episode. And one of our patrons wrote me back and she's like, look, that is miserable. <laughs> you have no... Um, you have no reason to apologize. And and just for the record, I've been peeing in a, a mesh funnel because they're trying to, you know, they want you to catch it. And so far, no dice. And so I think I passed it. But um, that's, I never want to go through that again. That was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life for four and a half hours. 
Yeah. So shout out to my neighbors and my friends who. Yeah. Cause let me just say, Jacob calls me. Jacob never calls me. Like it's birthday, Christmas. I know he freaked out. I get to talk to Jacob, right? That's when I, I talk to him. Jacob calls me in the middle of nap time and I'm like, oh shit. I mean, I knew yeah. something was wrong that you don't get that phone call. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, uh-huh. I told Dawn later, I said, and this is why I just want to come pack you up and move you to Missouri or at least like an hour or two away. So I know. that I could at least get to you. I can't get to you when you're in South Carolina. Yeah. So, and so anyway. speaking of Jacob, um, yes, he was freaked out because my neighbor called everyone. She didn't know what was happening to me either. I mean, and then, you know, I was laying there, uh, not laying, I'm sorry, sitting up in a freezing cold waiting room, which is good because I was in so much pain. I was sweating, but I just thought, is this how you die? I think I'm going to die. I mean, the pain was so awful. And so my neighbors freaked out. So she called Jacob. And so then mm-hmm. Jacob called everybody. And then, and so, out. <laughs> yeah, as a little side note, Jacob bought a new house and I went up there and I took the cat to Jacob to watch for the next five months while I'm on sabbatical traveling everywhere. So um, that's why I don't have Elvis. And I, yeah, He's I'm going to be so pissed off when you get him back. Although Jacob sent me a video and he was playing with a laser pointer. The cat never plays. I go, he's playing. Jacob goes, yeah, we got the laser pointer out. I was like, oh my God. So he may not want to come home, really. He'll probably oh, he spoil want to stay with Jacob. My oh, I'm sorry. Here. I know a lot of people don't like these, the early, but you want to get onto the podcast. Sorry, I had to get this off my chest. And Just Gina has an announcement. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let me say, I'll, we'll go through the drink. So... The drink today is called the prison bitch. (laughs) That's funny. Anyway, and it's pretty good. I like it. It's fruity. It is, um, you take an ounce of amaretto, two ounces of orange juice, two ounces of cranberry juice, an ounce of triple sec, and an ounce of vodka. And you pour those over ice, stir it up and garnish with a a cherry, which I didn't have a cherry. Um, I also couldn't find just cranberry juice. So I have cran grape. Sorry, burping. Um, I didn't have, that's okay, while you're burping. I didn't have triple sec. I'm fancier. I I had Cointreau, which you can substitute. It's good. It's too fruity for me. Yeah, and so I like it. If it's too fruity for her, I like it. And this is not ketoed at all. And this is my segue into why it's not ketoed. Um, I am super stressed out. So I've not been ketoing this week. Because I cannot keto and um, live my life right now. I have decided to close the daycare. Um, It's been 15 years uh, I've been doing this. It was something that was supposed to be when Pace turned five, I was going to go do something else. And then people kept bringing me their babies and it was never a good time um, until this year. So uh, July, well... June 24th, which is, um, for us is a week from, from yesterday. Um, I I'm closing the daycare. It'll be my last daycare day and it's very bittersweet. I'm um, super scared about it, but kind of excited at the same time. And I am going to work for shepherd of the Hills full time. Um, right now I'm going to do, um, a research project for the owner. And then I am going to continue. I've been 
I've been doing, um, I've been production assistant for the nighttime drama. Um, I was asked to do that at the beginning of the season. And that was one of the reasons why I started thinking about closing the daycare because the director had talked about making that full-time because um, Shepard has daytime shows too. And they have um, several Christmas shows. So it is in hopes that this rolls into a full-time um, production assistant mm-hmm. position day and night. And I'm so, jealous. I mean, I'm jealous, jealous of your jealous. research. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm good. super excited about all of it. I'm terrified. I'm not going to lie. I'm terrified. Also, let me tell you, along with Shepherd of the Hills, this is like story time. Sorry. This is going to be the longest episode ever. Last Thursday, I went into work. Now, I'll I'll start this by I played Sammy Lane out at Shepherd of the Hills for almost 10 years. Um, I, I now am the production assistant. I've played Mandy Ford. Um, I play Aunt Molly and Mrs. Wheeler um, on a weekly basis, too. I walked in and Jay, the director, and my friend Teresa, who is the house manager for the um, for the theater, were sitting in there. And I walked in and I was like, oh, something's wrong because they both had wild eyes. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? And Jay turned around and went, you have to play Sammy Lane. And I literally started laughing because um, I'm too old to play Sammy Lane. The world's oldest Sammy Lane. Be bad. Went, huh? And they both looked at me and Teresa's eyes got really big and went, Eben is getting you a horse right now. Eben is her 17-year-old son who plays young Matt. Let's just leave that right there, okay? Yeah, I have not been on a horse in 15 years. You are insane. I cannot do this. And so um, I went to get on. Eben had gotten me a horse. Plus, Eben was playing young Matt that night. He is younger than my middle son. Um, So Eben was going to be in therapy for a while because he was going to have to kiss his mom's best friend. Uh. Oh, yeah. So I get on the horse and we get to the end of the general store. And I looked at Evan and I said, I'm terrified. I can't do this. I cannot do this. If you want to roll me out on a bicycle or let me walk out, I can say the line standing on my head, but not riding a horse. So one of the other girls that we had been rehearsing who had not gotten through it yet um, was able to jump, th- jump into it and do it. And she did a great job um, is Bud Lynn's on but Lynn's granddaughter actually oh who did it so wow. that was very sweet but anyway yeah all the same so, in history welcome to the inner workings of professional outdoor drama and I use that word professional with quotation marks <laughs> not always but. uh anyway so anyway it was fun I mean it is fun to talk about now I was super terrified and I was like there's not a Sammy Lane dress on this property that is gonna fit over come on I was probably 25 pounds thinner when I played I've had three babies and ha- don't care and yeah it's a happy relationship and you had to quit keto you had to quit keto yeah. for oh, funny. I, yeah because I'm, I'm I'm a nervous wreck anyway so Thank God. Thank God that didn't happen, but it was so scary for about 45 minutes. It has been a crazy two weeks in the Larson sisters Mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. 
for sure. So I'm going to let Dawn talk talk about her story now. Or her yeah. Oh, and buckle in because this is a long one. I'm sorry. This is the longest episode in the history of Ozarks, Hanson, and Hooch. But we're really giving you your money's worth. Today. I know. So you can just fast forward through it if you just want to hear the story because the story is a good one and it's pretty famous. Um, God, they said in an article I read um, that over a hundred paranormal groups have visited this site. It is very well-known ghost hunters. What, weren't they the first one of those shows, the ghost hunters with, oh, you know, yeah. the bald guy. Anyway, they did it. I so I, yes. I am going to talk about the Missouri State Penitentiary. And uh, so I'll start with a little history and then I'll get to the scary stuff, but it's really interesting. Dina, I really think when I come down, we need to go, we need to just go visit this place because it's really infamous. I didn't realize how infamous it was. So um, it's still owned by the state of Missouri. Um, it opened in 1836 along the banks of the Missouri River in Jefferson City, Missouri, which, for those of you that don't know, is the state capital. And Jefferson City is one of the northern points of the Ozarks, like on kind of the boundary. Um, like we, I said, 100 paranormal groups. The prison housed inmates for 168 years. That is amazing and was the oldest continually operating prison west of the Mississippi until it was decommissioned in 2004. I just, I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so now the Jefferson City Convention and Visitors Bureau offers a wide variety of tours at the site, once named the bloodiest 47 acres in America by Time Magazine. And as I go through the history, you'll see why. Um, so the Missouri State Pen was designed by John Haviland and constructed in the early 1830s to serve the newly admitted state of Missouri. Missouri got their statehood in 1821. Jefferson City was designated the state capital in 1822, and Governor John Miller suggested that the state's main prison be constructed there to help the city maintain its somewhat tenuous status against other towns trying to obtain the capital for themselves, which makes sense because, you know, Kansas City was a big cow town. St. Louis was right on the river. Um, and Jeff City is, aside from the capital, there's not a whole lot there, really. I mean, sorry, there, it's a big town, but I mean, you know, Kansas City and St. Louis are much bigger. Um, James Dunica, was, who was a master stonemason, built the first capital in 1826 um, and was appointed to oversee the construction of the new prison. And $25,000 was allotted by the legislature for expenses. So that was a lot for that time. The facility opened for business in March 1836, this coincidentally, the same month as the fall of the Alamo in Texas. Um, when the prison, nicknamed the Walls, and I'll talk about why in a minute, was fully completed, it was surrounded by a high limestone wall with 15 officer towers. Before long, 2,000 men were incarcerated, which would be the average number of inmates for many years. Um, the prison admitted its first female inmate in 1842, which 
that's interesting too, right? Because that seems awfully early to incarcerate women. But um, in 1868, housing unit four or A hall was built to house post-Civil War criminals, constructed of stone quarried on site and built mainly by inmates. It was designed by Warden Horace Swift and was in continuous use until the day the prison closed. The massive stone building is the oldest building at the prison today and its basement, oh, this is so gross and I'll Nicknamed The Hole was a medieval style dungeon that housed some of the worst criminals, including those on death row. Um, yeah, and um, prisoners were employed during the 1830s making bricks, the initial prison population um, early, this is early on before it was 2000 inmates, um, consisted of one guard, one warden, 15 prisoners, and a foreman for the brickmaking operation. 11 of the 15 prisoners were from St. Louis and all were incarcerated for larceny, except for one who was imprisoned for stabbing a man during a drunken brawl. So then in 1937, the prison gas chamber building was built. And y'all, all of this, I'm going to put pictures up on the website. Um, so you'll see, you'll see that uh, creepy. Um, it was built by prison inmates using stone from the prison quarry. Before this, executions were conducted by hanging. The new gas chamber would become the location of 40 executions, which included the deaths of many infamous criminals that I'll list later. Another source that I found said 39 were executed in the gas chamber and the final execution was made using lethal injection in 1989. So I just want to point out that prisoners were hung until 1936. That seems crazy to me. Um, after uh, 1989, the prison's death row inmates were transferred to the Potosi Correctional Center in Mineral Point, Missouri. Um, in 1938, a five-story hospital unit with 240 beds was added to the complex, to ma making it bigger. Um, and although many riots, murders, and escape attempts occurred over the years, one of the biggest events in the prison's history occurred when a violent riot broke out in September 1954. When the riot was all over, four inmates had been killed, 50 injured, and one attempted suicide. Four officers had been injured. Um, burned out hulks of several buildings smoldered for a long time damage was estimated to be as high as $5 million. Not one prisoner had succeeded in escaping. No attempt was made to serve breakfast to the prisoners the next day. Instead, they remained locked in their cells and sandwiches were handed out. The evening meal usually served at 4.30 was served at three. Small groups of convicts with their hands clasped behind their head were marched to the dining hall and 85 troopers stood with weapons ready to prevent further violence. It was later reported that the majority of the black inmates had not participated in the riots and had remained in their cells throughout the ruckus. And a school teacher at the prison gratefully credited two of his convict students with saving his life during the uprising. So anyway, it was a bunch of white dudes. Um, 
So that's just a little bit of the history. Again, I'm just sort of astounded how old it is and how long mm-hmm. they've been incarcerating people. But I mean, there are some famous people. I'm just going to go through some, some of these names you might recognize. Um, the first one, Robert Burdella was a serial killer, torturer, and rapist sentenced to life imprisonment with without parole in December 1988 and died in October 1982 was there. Pretty Boy Floyd was incarcerated on December 18th, 1925 for robbery and died after being shot by police in 1934. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know Pretty Boy Floyd was imprisoned in Missouri. We we probably need to do um, an episode on him, I would say. Emma Goldman. Now, Emma Goldman, I read her book. Um, She was an anarchist and she was incarcerated in 1917 to 1919 for conspiracy to, quote, induce persons not to register for the draft. She died from a stroke in 1940. Um, She's like the first active anarchist. Her, Her book is really interesting. Um, Carl Austin Hall and Bonnie Hetty, this duo was abducted and brutally murdered a boy named Bobby Greenlees. A week later, they were arrested, tried, and sentenced to death. They were both incarcerated um, at the Missouri State Pen until their execution in the gas chamber in 1953. And uh, as I get to the spooky stories, they're supposed to be two of the spirits that haunt the gas chamber area. Um, Charles Ray Hatcher. Uh, was a serial killer who murdered 16 victims within a 12-year span. He committed suicide in the penitentiary by hanging himself in 1984. Um, Sonny Liston, Charles Sonny Liston, is a famous boxer. That's a name I know. Um, He was incarcerated in 1950 for a number of charges, including armed robbery, He learned to box in prison and was paroled in 1953. He died under strange circumstances in 1970. Um, So he boxed after, while he was on parole. Um, Kate Richards O'Hare was incarcerated April 19, 1919 to serve a five-year sentence for an anti-war speech she'd given in Bowman, North Dakota months earlier. Her prison sentence was commuted by President Woodrow Wilson in 1920. Later, she was given a full pardon by President Calvin Coolidge. She died in 1948. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Robert Earl O'Neill was a white supremacist who murdered Black inmate Arthur Dade while incarcerated. He was executed in 1995 at the Podosi Correctional Center. James Earl Ray, the assassin who killed Martin Luther King, I had no idea. He was admitted to the penitentiary on March 17, 1960. In 1967, he escaped uh, from the Missouri State Pen in a bread box that was supposed to contain loaves of bread that were being transported from the penitentiary to Rents Prison, wherever that is. Somewhere during the trip, Ray escaped. Ray was later convicted for the assassination in 1968 and died of hepatitis C in 1998. 
Um, Lee Shelton, who is better known as Stagger Lee, and if you guys listen to folk music, there's a song about him. Stagger Lee, Stack O'Lee, or simply Staggley, was an American criminal who became a folk icon after he killed Billy Lyons on Christmas in 1895. So those are some of the more infamous people that were incarcerated there. Yeah. I, I have no idea about these folks. Um, yeah. So, uh, so here on to the paranormal, because that's really what this is supposed to be about. But I kind of figured we needed to learn the history. And yeah. just so you know, what negative energy was housed in that place. And as I go through this ghost stuff, I'm also going to talk about the hole a little bit because it was horrifying. So a hall, which I talked about earlier, is the prison's oldest building. And it's it said to be, it. did you call it a hole? Is that what you just said? That's what it's called. A hole. I guess there's a B hole and a C hole, not I, a hole. I'm a, I'm a 12 year old boy. Evidently, have you okay. had your whole drink? Okay. Sorry. Nope. Half of it. Go ahead. Nope. All right. A hall, the prison's oldest building is said to be the hot spot of unearthly activity. Inside the massive stone building are four tiers of cells with catwalks that crisscross its width. Um, and uh, there's a picture on the website, but if you watch the Ghost Hunters episode, I think that's where they had their encounter. Um, and it's, yeah, it's creepy. Because it looks like a big stone castle, dungeon, above ground, kind of. Um, what's creepy is, oh, this is so creepy. The doors of the cells are less than five feet high, which forced prisoners to stoop down and take a subordinate posture when leaving their cells. If you don't think that wasn't on purpose. Um, early on, inmates were not allowed to look guards in the eye, an infraction that could result in punishment at the whipping post or solitary confinement. Okay, without getting back on my soap, box again, you know, there are so many studies that say that um, rehabilitation works so much better than punishment. And, but this is early in the, you know, in the, our history. So I don't know, it's horrifying. Um, within this same building is a basement of dungeons referred to as the hole. Here were kept death row inmates, violent and disruptive prisoners, and those suffering from mental problems. And this is the sad part. I mean, this is horrifying and sad. Sorry, anyway. could you say that again? My apologies. Did you hear that? That was my watch. I did, Siri. Let me tell you, Siri is so excited about this. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, five foot doors. Oh, no, no. This is the hole we're talking about. Siri, uh -huh. you bitch. Okay, you totally screwed up my whole train of thought. The only light in these cells came from a small slit in the door. If an inmate was unruly, suffering from a mental disorder, or generally unstable, they would be pumped full of Thorazine and brought to the hole. These specific inmates, this is horrible, were referred to as the bobbleheads, as they would bob back and forth so drugged that they could hardly do anything else. Many of the inmates were packed four, to five, four or five to a cell, living out their days in filth and neglect. One inmate, John B. Firebug Johnson, was housed in the dungeon for 17 years. 
17 oh years. Oh my God. I know between February 26th, 1883 to July 1st, 1900. Prior to his placement in the dungeon, he had attempted to escape several times and had started several fires. He was moved to the basement after setting a fire that destroyed more than $500,000 worth of property and caused the deaths of several inmates. Um, That's horrifying. Amazingly, Mm -hmm. he didn't go mad. And upon his release, he wrote a book called Buried Alive for 18 years in the Missouri Penitentiary. I mean, I just can't even wrap my head around that. You know, people are awful. Especially, especially people in power. In this building, paranormal reports have included the feeling of having been touched by ghostly hands, an overwhelming smell of body or odor, which, yeah, makes yeah. sense. I mean, an apparition of a man's fight on the catwalk. And I think, isn't that what the ghost hunter saw? I think. I don't remember seeing that one, actually. Oh, God, mother talked about it. Um, and movements, people see movement shadows a lot in the darkness out of the corner of their eye. Equipment malfunctions here, disembodied voices have been recorded, and some have felt an invisible force breathing down their necks. Cell 48 once housed a prisoner who was known to be a snitch. He was bludgeoned to death with a sledgehammer during the prison riot. Now, this source says 1854, but I think they mean 1954 during that awful riot. Yeah. Um, here, people have reported having strange, heavy feelings and an unearthly human figure has been caught on camera in this particular cell. I think I'll put a picture of that cell up on the Facebook, not the Facebook, the website too, but all the cells kind of looked similar. Okay. Um, uh, today, it's believed that their spirits haunt this cell block, and in particular, cell 14. People have not only felt vicious cold spots and heard growling noises, but also experienced a pair of unseen hands caressing the back of their heads and then shoving them in the back. Um, One of the strangest experiences one group noticed was the overwhelming sense of body odor, which was still lingering in the air after years and years of being absorbed into the stone walls, they think. That's weird. I don't know. Paranormal investigation groups have frequently come through and attempted to get spirit footage of either Carl or Bonnie. Remember the two that were murdered, the kid? Okay. Um, No video evidence has been obtained, but audio footage has. With the help of recording equipment, numerous EVPs have captured the three most frequent and disturbing words, which are stay, love, and kill. Um, At one point, one group was sure they were seeing movement in the darkness at the end of the main hallway as if people were walking back and forth from one cell to the other. We considered that it might have been animals, or they considered it might have been animals living in the cells, but the height of the shadows was too tall to have been a rat or even a cat, not to mention that the strange shadows made absolutely no sound, though they were just 25 feet away from where they were standing. And I guess I should say, I'm so sorry, I should have done this at the beginning, but this information comes from 
legendsofamerica.com, missouripentours.com, frightfind.com. And then what I'm going to talk about next is a testimony from this website called weekinweird.com. There was a group of paranormal researchers that visited the pen in 2015, and this is what they had to say. And I'm going to read it in their words. Um, uh, a Missouri State Pen tour guide shared with us an image snapped by one of her tour guests while visiting a hall, and it's a little disturbing to say the least. The guest in question had been snapping photos of one of the most infamous cells, cell 48. At the time, she had noticed anything out of the ordinary, but once she reviewed her images, she discovered a very strange looking distorted human figure standing next to her friend. This area of the cell was the site of a grisly murder which took place during one of the prison's many riots. This particular cell had once held an inmate who was notorious for snitching. I talked about him before. Um, and to this day, cell 48 remains one of the strangest, most active places in the Missouri State Pen. And that picture is posted on the website. It's creepy. Yeah. Um, there's a big red arrow on the picture that they point to the, it looks like a head kind of a person yeah. with long hair. Um, okay, so from Weak and Weird, this is using their, as if I'm speaking in their voice. I made my way to cell 48, where throughout the event, a handful of people had reported experiencing some very strange phenomena. Electromagnetic field meters would erupt in a flash of red lights. Disembodied voices were captured on digital recorders. And more than one person mentioned the feeling of an invisible force breathing down their neck. Um, one of their tour guides was the first to enter the cell, spending a few moments inside before calling uh, one of the other participants over. He said, walk inside the cell and tell me what you feel. I'm not going to tell you what I was feeling. I just want you to walk in there and see if you feel the same thing as I did. So the other person crept into the cell and let out an audible whoa before poking his head out of the tiny room. He said, it feels like my feet are lead weights, like everything is physically heavier in here. This is crazy. And this person goes on to say, I can only describe the strange feeling as a shift in gravity. There was a noticeable heavy feeling, which was accompanied by varying degrees of anxiety and dizziness. It was like wearing a backpack filled with bricks, but only in that specific cell. It was a fascinating and bizarre phenomena, but it was what happened next that really started, startled us. Suddenly, and without warning, another participant who'd been standing in the doorway of the cell turned abruptly at the sound of something rushing down the catwalk towards him. Whatever it was, was moving quickly and with enough of a racket to get our attention. The invisible force entered the cell at an exceptionally fast rate and collided with the inside of my left leg, knocking me back a few paces before dissipating completely. Wow, right? Wow. So um, even, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up here, but even in broad daylight, I mean, you know, most of those ghost hunter shows go at night, of course, and there'll be how many YouTubes? I'm scrolling back up here. I. 
there are tons of YouTubes, but one, two, three, I, I chose four that I watched that I'll put on the website. And like I said, most of these are at night, but even in broad daylight, this space is undeniably disturbing according to testimony. Visitors mm -hmm. report feeling the deep despair and isolation that prisoners must have felt in this facility's many years of operation. So again, if you want a tour, you can go to the Jefferson City Convention and Visitors Bureau website. I'll try to remember to put that link up on, um, on, the, on our website so you can go there. Um, I mean, Dina and I have both said, you know, if it's a prison, an asylum, an orphanage or a hospital, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna have, you know, ghosts because of all the negative, sad, despair is a great word. Mm -hmm. The uh, energy that I think gets trapped within those walls of those kinds of places. Yes, I, so. I agree. That is the very long story of the Missouri State Pen. And there was so much more um, that I could have, this could have probably been a two-part series, but yeah. anyway, yeah. I want to I mean, go. That time you did pretty good after our, you know, our long kind of had spewed okay. all of our, our um, issues and ranting for the, uh, yeah. yes. And stress from the last two weeks. Yeah. Sorry. You're a little bit of our therapy too, because you guys can't talk back. That's right. You have to listen. Well, you don't have <laughs> you to. You just have to Please listen. Please fast and, forward. You know, and don't, yeah. I was going to say fast forward. We'll never know. And don't tell us exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I want to go Dina. I want to go and take a tour. I thought you meant you wanted to be done with the episode. And I was like, oh, oh no, okay, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. No, I want to go. I want to go do this. I don't know that I want to okay. do it I at night. Scooter has been there because if you'll, if when you all look at my picture of my cocktail, you'll notice there's leg irons. When your husband I, is an ex jail jailer, you have weird stuff at your you house. You have all the props. You have all the properties. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, my drink is with some leg irons that he's going to be like, what are you doing with those? And I'm going to be like, oh, I need it. <laughs> hey, is there picture. something you need to tell me about you and Scooter no. that I don't want to hear? No. And I don't okay. need to tell anybody else either. Okay. <laughs> well, I was yeah. going to tell you this though. Um, went to get snacks um, the other night at the show. And Janet, who is a listener, and she does um, like concessions in the sweet shop and all that out at Shepherd, um, said that she had a, a day off the other day and she spent it listening to our podcast Aww. and you know, cleaning her house and stuff and that she loves us. So shout out, Janet. Thanks for that. Well, I'll say that on Facebook, my friend that I used to act with in Illinois, Karen Spiegler, um, said that she listened to Bell Star and she learned some stuff that she hadn't heard before. And so that's good. And then your big boss, the owner of Shepherd, mm -hmm. listens to us, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, Jeff. Actually, Jay, the director, he has listened to us before. Oh, he has and, too, right. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And Jeff has has listened to us too, I believe. And then I should say, I don't know that I've ever shouted out, but you know, one of our most dedicated listeners is my friend David White, who owns Maypop Farms, um, which is a, a organic chicken and pork farm 
um, they're really good friends of mine, but he, he listens so much that one time I'm the audio editor and I don't know what I'm doing, you guys. So I hope it's okay. But um, I had accidentally left like 20 minutes of dead air at the end of one episode. And he, he texted me, he goes, what's all the dead air? And I'm like, what? I mean, and he is so, yeah, he listens to us all the time. So shout out to David White too. Yeah. So thank you. See, thank you so become patrons, y'all. We need you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't. Sure. So Patreon is set up like you can give monthly to five, ten, eight thousand dollars per month, but you can also give just one lump sum too. And we don't care. Um, we just need your help because it does cost to do this. So, yeah, there. Sorry, I did part of your duties right at the but, end. Well, I did it before, and we're doing it again. That's fine. Okay. Okay. So. We are we are going to leave you now. Thank you yeah. for listening to us. We appreciate yes. it, and you know, for listening to our rantings also and the story. You yeah. got double the fun today. Um, right. Just remember, please, please leave us the stars, all the stars when you subscribe. Um, once again, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our website is Ozarks Haints in Hooch in Hooch um, we'll see you on the 1st and the 15th of each month and that's it. So goodbye. You guys have a great week. Goodbye. And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends, but if you didn't keep your big mouth shut. shut.